Alright, we are live, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to what the hell's going on here. Welcome everybody. It's Rob Scare, it's Rob Scare Show. We are live. Yes, we are late. I understand that. Uh, but I've been battling traffic for two hours. Maybe two and a half hours. I don't even know how long. It just gets uh mind numbing here in California, in the Los Angeles area. Today was the day I had to go back uh, to the uh, baby doctor, the uh, uh, the ultrasound scan thing. Not the normal, just listen to the heartbeat, but the ultra scan where you could actually see the baby uh, on the screen. And it's like 3D and 4D. It's like some, some serious high-tech stuff. And they measure the little bones, and they make sure the heart valves are working, and they make sure the brain is working. It's very nerve-wracking. If any of you have ever done this, you know what I'm talking about. It's about 45 minutes. It's a very long process. And they go through every single inch. Of the baby. Every single inch. They measure the leg bones. The feet. The, 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 the lungs. They make sure the lungs are working. They make sure every uh, valve on the heart is working. They uh, make the sound. So you hear the heart go. <laughs> each valve you hear. this Very nerve wracking. Because in your head you're thinking. Well what if. They find something wrong. What if a valve is not working right? You're there finding this out also as it happens. It's not two, three weeks later, you get the results of a blood test. You're, you're, you're finding out right then. So it's not like you leave and you're out and about having a dinner, or you're out and about uh, watching a football game, maybe you're watching the L.A. Ram, whatever, and then you get a call. We like to tell you that uh, we found a working or non-working valve, whatever the hell they say. I don't even know all the doctor lingo. This is there. You're there. They find something. It's like you find it. You're, it's it. I'm literally over the doctor's shoulder. Well, not really, but pretty close. I'm in the corner. I'm watching this. I'm watching them go, okay, this, you know, six centimeters. Okay, that's good. All right, boom, the heart. They turn the thing. Left valve, good. Okay, right. Okay, good. All right, let's go to that. And you're just like, uh, uh, uh. okay, blood flow, good. And you see the, they push a button and then the blood flow, you see it going to the little uh, veins and uh, all the other areas of the little uh, baby's body. And then they just keep working their way down. All right, this is, uh, you know, okay, brains, okay, eye socket, okay, they're, they're in normal position, good, okay. 
ears good. And they just keep working their way down. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Uh, Don't say like, oh, where's the foot? No foot. So this was the second time. This is the second time. This is the second time. And it doesn't get any easier. So those of you who've never had it uh, done, man, very nerve-wracking. And we got one more time. They want to do one more time. I mean, I know there's aspects of this uh, that's about the money. I know that because I've actually got some friends that didn't have all this done. I got two friends who has kids, and they didn't have this done. They're like, what? What are you talking about? I, we didn't have that done. We did. They, I was like, you did. They didn't check the, 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 the heart ventricle. They didn't. No, they did the thing and they said, okay, yeah, everything's good. That's it. I was like, really? I got two friends that didn't get this process and I'll be on my third process. I'll be on the third one. What are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do? I know the scam, but what are you going to do? No. Just like all the blood tests we got. I got a couple friends like we didn't have all those blood tests. Man, I had I had I had blood tests for the spinal bifida. I had the blood test for Down syndrome. I had the blood test for. Uh, uh, cystic fibrosis. I had every single... Bl- and here's the thing. that I don't want to get too political because this wasn't the political segment. I was just explaining to everybody why we relate. I think they do this stuff at least in certain areas like, say, uh, California, Los Angeles, which is where we are. And maybe in New York. I think they do these things in these very, very liberal areas so that if thing is wrong with your kid, you can then kill it. I know that's horrible, but, but I'm being serious. Because technically right now, technically right now, there's a doctor in Colorado and I think there's like three or four other doctors in different parts of the United States, but I know there's one in Colorado that will do abortions this late in the game. They will do abortions this late in the game. That's why, again, don't mean to be political in this <laughs> spot. We never get political, but when people were outraged when Trump on the 60 Minutes the uh, uh, interview said, well, uh, you know, gay marriage is settled. It's already settled by the Supreme Court. It's settled. But there, there's no reason to, to rehash this. And then when they brought up abortion, he talked about judges possibly overturning Roe v. Wade. And people were saying, well, it's settled. Why is gay marriage settled, but abortion isn't settled? It's settled. The Supreme Court says you could have abortion. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Here's 
the issue. The liberals have taken the abortion issue and they've pushed the goalpost to a point where abortion is very murky in the sense of you're not supposed to have late-term abortions. The Supreme Court did not protect late-term abortions, killing a child at seven months, eight months. But the murky part is the whole, well, uh, the exceptions, should a mom's life be at risk, or, uh, you know, all sorts of gray areas. So in turn... It's not settled. So if a woman is told uh, her child is retarded and the child is possibly going to need hospital care after the age of, say, 10, say after the age of 10 or after the age of 5, the chances uh, are pretty good that that child will have to be in a home and there's a good chance that that child won't live uh, to uh, 25 years old and it's possible that that child may never be able to um, communicate past a you know preschool level That woman could go to Colorado to this doctor and they can maneuver with the proper paperwork and legally abort that child. So the abortion debate isn't settled because liberals push that goalpost. They they push it. Where when you think of abortion, you think, oh, a woman misses her period. She waits a week or two and says, well, you know, sometimes I'm late. Maybe uh, third week goes by, she gets a pregnancy test. It says positive. She goes, hmm. Maybe I should go to my doctor. She goes to the doctor, and the doctor goes, oh, guess what? You're eight weeks pregnant. And that woman goes, oh, Jesus, I don't I don't want a child. I, I, I'm not ready for a child. I can't have this child. I, I don't want to give birth and give it up for adoption. That would be way too emotional. So you know what? I want to terminate the pregnancy while this child is basically – Goo. And I don't look at my child as being goo, but guess what? In those early days, weeks, months, uh, the child is not a viable, living, breathing human being. So at that point, if a woman terminates the pregnancy, you go, you know, okay. I get it. 
But when that child is three months old or uh, three pounds and seven months old, and the parents say, well, you know, we we don't want to have this child because it's going to be retarded or it might not live past 15. We don't want to have to deal with that. And this doctor in Colorado, injects that child with a drug that stops its heart. Kind of like the way you euthanize an animal. And then once the heart is stopped and that child is dead, they do a C-section and take the dead child out of the woman. That's horrible. Effing horrible. Absolutely horrible. So, yeah, the abortion issue is a gray area still. And until federal money doesn't go to abortion clinics, and until there's a legitimate line that says, listen, doesn't matter if the kid's going to be retarded, doesn't matter any of that stuff. After this time, after these amount of weeks, can't, can't, you can't do an abortion. It, it's murder. Can't. End of story. End of story. So there's my political <laughs> interjection into um, my doctor appointment for my child. But all the tests show he's not retarded. He's not an angel baby like my friend's kids. Doesn't have spinal bifida. Doesn't have uh, uh, cystic fibrosis. Doesn't have any of those things. He's healthy. He's three and a half pounds. Doctor says he's probably going to be seven and a half. So it's like an average size baby. I was hoping for nine. My girl was like, what? No. I was like, I hope he's like 12. <laughs> I hope he's like... I hope he's like 41 pounds. Hope he just comes out like, hey, what's up? What's up? Who's President Trump? What's up? <laughs> what's up? We ready to make America great again? What's up? Say <laughs> But seven and a half pounds. So there it is. There's my doctor appointment today. And then, of course, Coming back from Tarzana, because that's where our doctors are. We have two doctors. We've got our doctor, Katsi, this young Russian woman. Well, I think she's young. She's like, I think a little younger than me. Dr. Katsi, she's the one that delivers the baby. But then oh, the scans and all those procedures is a different doctor. And he's an Italian doctor, this young guy, uh, What's his name? Mar- Mar- Marano or something like that. Good guy. Good guy. Good guy. They were taking blood pressure of Kathy. He goes, maybe we should take your blood pressure. You're very, very nervous. I go, yeah, I'm very nervous. I'm terrified you're going to tell me my kid's got two heads. That's what I'm nervous about. I got the two-headed baby. That's not good. He's like, you know, there's no two heads. It's one head. Eye sockets are good. Nose is good. Mouth's good. Ears are good. Everything's good. Brain developed, all good. All right. 
and an hour and a half to get back to Glendale. <laughs> no. Traffic, bumper to bumper. And no one knows how to drive. No one knows how to drive. And they're all Hillary voters. They all voted for Hillary. They all voted for Hillary. It's insane. Oh, all right, so it's Chris. It's uh, Christmas. It's uh, Thanksgiving Eve. We are here. And it's funny. The media is still pushing uh, the Hillary Clinton uh, popular vote total. You know, if the roles are reversed, they would not be pushing Donald Trump at 1.8 million in the popular. You know, they wouldn't be. You know, they would. They, they would say it doesn't matter. It could be 25 million. That's not how we pick a president. So harping on a popular vote really is meaningless. It does nothing except inflame ignorant people. So you know if the roles are reversed, no one, absolutely no one, would be talking about Trump being 1.8 million votes in the lead. No one would be talking about changing the Electoral College. Because for all the reasons we have the Electoral College, we're basically... States like Ohio and Michigan, Florida, matter. Wisconsin, New Hampshire, they matter. It's not about New York and California. It's not about Los Angeles and New York City. And the media would be talking that up. Instead, we have, oh, well, you know, Hillary's 1.82 million uh, votes ahead of Donald Trump. This is going to complicate some things for the Trump presidency because there's uh, not clearly a mandate. Yeah, yeah, there is. Because we're, we're not dealing in the popular vote, stupid. We're not dealing in the popular vote. doesn't matter that the numbers have been run up in California and New York. Because that's really what we're talking about. I mean, let's face it. If it wasn't for California and New York, Hillary Clinton would be down millions. If New York and California were not set up the way they've been set up for the past 20 years, and what I mean by that is illegal havens, I mean, forget sanctuary cities. It's just a haven for illegals. 
Man, you got to be a complete moron, an absolute moron, to not think that has affected California and New York. You got to be a complete moron to think 20 years ago, 25 years ago, 18 years ago, 19 years ago, millions of illegals that have come to California spit out kids. And now those kids are able to vote. By now, I'm sure a good portion of those illegals have gotten some type of citizenship that enables them to vote. So why would you vote for somebody that says, hey, I want to deport you. I want to make sure we follow the laws. I want to make sure that we don't keep repeating what got you legal status and your children citizenship. I mean, you guys realize at one point, California... Voted for Ronald Reagan. You you realize that. Also. Also. California voted. For Poppy Bush. Look at the statistics of California. Look at the statistics. Look at the population. Look at where we were and where we are today. So don't tell me, oh, Hillary Clinton is 1.8 million. 1.8 million up in the popular. It doesn't matter. You're dealing with California, New York. New York alone. New York alone. New York City alone is home to almost a hundred, uh, I'm sorry, a million, a million illegals. New York City alone. I think the last number was 800,000. 800,000. And how they have that count, I don't know, considering they're illegal. They don't have social security numbers. They don't have work permits. How do they count the illegals? It's always fascinated me. How do you count somebody that's here illegally? Oh, there's 12 million. How do you know there's 12 million? How do you know there's not 20 million? How do you know there's not 30 million? How do you know there's not 1 million? They're illegal. Well, in California... Uh, we get a good, accurate number. It's not perfect, but we get a number because we give driver's licenses. You give driver's licenses to illegals. 
Wow. <laughs> you know, one point eight million votes ahead of Trump in the popular vote. And somehow, California and New York City is supposed to count more than Michigan or Pennsylvania or Ohio or Oklahoma or Utah. We got to change the electoral college. And again, it's just so retarded that the media is playing this game and the Democrats for that matter. Because both of them know that let's just say for the sake of argument, you were able to change the Electoral College. Let's just say you you amended the Constitution. Well, then you're also going to have to change Congress. You're going to have to change the way our government works. Uh, Seriously. Because... The whole concept with the Electoral College is to give states like Iowa and New Hampshire and Michigan the same type of representation as California. And that way... People that are running for president don't just spend 16 months in California, in New York, in Texas, and ignore the states that are basically less than 10 electoral votes. I mean, you see now the way these Races shape up. No one goes to California because the way the Democrats have rigged the system for the last 20 years, Texas, New York, New Jersey. Imagine if there's no electoral college. It would just be California, Texas, New York. That's it. I mean, you win California, Texas, New York, it's basically over. (laughs) It's basically over. The combinations to hit the 270 mark is endless. But why I say you would have to change government, because if you're going to say, well, California and New York are basically more important than all the other states, then you need to rework the House. You need to rework the Senate. In that case, then California should have more senators. They should have more congressmen. New York should have more senators. 
more congressmen. And if you're going to basically wipe Iowa off the map and say, well, who cares about Iowa? We're not doing the Electoral College anymore. It only matters what these big states want because they're the ones that are full of electoral votes. Then you might as well take Iowa's senators away. Might as well take their congressmen away. That's why this is just silly. It's absolutely silly. Absolutely and utterly silly. And I guess the media figures, I guess they figure this along with Trump's a racist, Trump's a misogynist, he's part of Pepe the Frog, he's a, well, somehow, I, I, lessen his presidency, lessen the way he can govern. I, I mean, I, I guess that's, I guess that's the, I, I guess that's the reason. Because if you go over to Vox, that liberal douchebag Ezra Klein, that little scumbag, he does a whole thing about the popular vote and how. Trump doesn't have the will of the people. And because Hillary Clinton is 1.8 million votes ahead of Donald Trump in the popular vote, then technically the Republicans, Donald Trump, shouldn't get anything they want because there's more people that voted against the Republicans and Donald Trump than voted for. Like I said, if this was Hillary Clinton and the roles are reversed, no one in the media will be talking about this. Ezra Klein wouldn't be doing a whole article saying how, yeah, Hillary Clinton won the Electoral College, but Donald Trump is almost 2 million more votes ahead of her in the popular count. So technically, more people voted for him than her. So liberals, progressives, The Democrat agenda is basically dead. They shouldn't get anything they want because the will of the people were against them. Of course, you're not going to hear that. You're only going to hear it now. You're only going to hear it now because it's Trump. And the liberals and the media are still trying to figure out how they got this wrong. How they failed. And they did everything in their power 
to get Hillary Clinton the presidency, and they failed. They failed. And they still can't come to grips with it. They, they can't come to grips with it. I mean, you even have two half-ass political scientists. And I, and I say that very loosely. Saying that um, Hillary Clinton needs to challenge the election results, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Because there's irregularities as far as paper ballots and electronic voting. So where uh, the polling stations had paper ballots, Hillary Clinton performed the way they all predicted her to perform. But in the areas where they used electronic voting, she underperformed. And as far as they're concerned, that could be a sign of hacking. Now, don't forget, guys. Don't forget. When Trump was talking about rigged election, he was talking about election machines being hacked into. When somebody brought up the fact that George Soros has ties to individuals who own electronic voting machines. When that was brought up on Wolf Blitzer and CNN, it was called conspiracy theory wackiness. Remember, we were told there's no evidence of hacking. There's no evidence of the system being rigged. Absolutely no evidence. There's no evidence to back up of Donald Trump's claims that there's hacking, that there's rigging, that there's George Soros machines uh, being favored uh, in uh, Hillary Clinton's uh, favor. And now, mm, all of a sudden, there's hacking and (laughs) there's, there's... shenanigans go but we were told all of us republicans all of us conservatives all of us alt writers were kooks we were alex jones kooks we were tequila tequila kooks we were not i mean now all of a sudden there's there's hacking and what i love is these Political scientists, these professors, have no evidence. 
They have absolutely no evidence. They have absolutely zero evidence. And if they're floating these claims out there, they should hold a press Because they'll, they'll be lined up. They should hold a press conference and say, here's the facts. Here's why we think there's hacking. Here's our proof. They haven't done that. They haven't done that. They've just come out and said, well, here's the thing. Irregularities with states that used electronic voting versus the states that did paper ballot voting. Well, what do you mean irregularities? Well, it's just weird that Hillary lost. I mean, that that's basically it. <laughs> they just, no one could wrap their brains around the fact that Hillary Clinton lost. They cannot wrap their brains around it. They just can't. It, 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 it literally, they wake up and go, this, this can't be. There, there has to be. There, there has to be some. There, there, there has to be shenanigans somewhere. There's no way Pennsylvania went for Donald Trump. There's no way Michigan went for Donald Trump. There's no way Wisconsin went for Donald Trump. There's no way uh, Florida went for Donald Trump. There's no. There's just no way. There's no. It's impossible. Tim Pop, there must be hacking. Well, didn't you guys say? Donald Trump was crazy and his people were crazy. Yes, but that was Donald Trump. This is us. This is the liberals. This is the... Okay. Yes, we understand. But you don't understand. You don't understand. This wasn't supposed to happen. (laughs) You don't understand. You don't... And we talked about this before. In any other job, any other profession, every single one of these people would not have jobs anymore. If for 16 months you were wrong about something, 16 months, if you were wrong about something, Would you still be employed at that job? If you were a cab driver, if you were an Uber driver, and every single day for 16 months, when that person got in the car and you had your little Google Maps on, and Google Maps said, at the corner of Sherman Way and Reseda, Make a left. And you went, ah, I'm making a right. This is better. 
and then you got lost for like five, ten minutes, do you think you would get a good review? Do you think when that person got out of your car, they would go on Yelp or whatever the hell they rate Google drivers or uh, Uber drivers on Google? So you think they'd be like, this driver sucked. He was horrible. He didn't listen to Google Maps. Bad, bad, bad. Imagine, 16 months, you do that. Nobody would ever get in your car. You would have a rating of negative zero. You would. You'd have a, a rating of negative zero. Negative zero. <laughs> negative zero. <laughs> negative zero. One of the people that are in uh, politics for a living, rather it's the Essie Cups, Canes, Van Joneses, wrong, absolutely wrong, amazing, it's Rob Zuccari, it's Rob Zuccari Show, we're going to take a quick break, and there's a great uh, piece on Breitbart, <laughs> Oh, no. Breitbart. Yes. And we're going to go through all the people that were wrong. And why are they still around today? And when they're talking about popular votes and they're talking about uh, voting irregularities. Why are we listening to these people? Why do we still listen to them? We'll be right back after uh, these words, quick words from uh, Baked Alaska. Yes, Baked Alaska. Yeah, uh, build a wallet, just got 10 feet higher. Build a wallet, just got 10 Ten feet higher and build and build and build and just build a wall. Build and build and build and just build a wall. I just wanna make America great. I just wanna have a strong take on my plate, making history again. Cause my daddy keeps winning. Got the nomination, yeah, that's just the beginning. Make America great I just wanna have a Trump take on my plate Making history again Cause my daddy keeps winning Got the nomination, yeah, that's just the beginning Build the wallet, just got ten feet higher Build the wallet, just got ten feet strong Build the wallet, just got ten feet higher And build and build and build And just build the wall Make a man. 
ten feet higher. Build a wall, it just got ten feet strong. Build a wall, it just got ten feet higher. And build and build and build and just build a wall. great again. You put there. Oh, that was quick. I thought I I thought I timed it better. It's Rob Zagari, it's Rob Zagari show. I thought I timed it better. Are you saving and freezing the umbilical? No, I no, I I'm not gonna do that. I, I'm not gonna do that. Not freezing stem cells or umbilical cords. Unless there was a legitimate reason to. I know some people make like soup or or like a placenta or something nasty like that. That's horrible. It's horrible. I don't want to I don't want to drink placenta or whatever the hell it is. But Trob's Gary Trob's Gary show. Uh we were flooded with ads when we got uh, I VF. Huh. Yeah, no, no. It might be an IVF thing. I didn't get flooded with any ads. I didn't get flooded with anything. I didn't get flooded with anything. But I'm gonna look into that. What I what I could do with the umbilical cord. I was I was told that actually I'll cut the umbilical cord, but I'll cut it at a certain place that frees them of the you know, of the umbilical cord. But that I won't really do the official cutting in the sense that I'll cut it and he'll be off the umbilical cord. Okay? So I'll cut the umbilical cord and he'll be off of it. Then they'll cut it again. And they're the ones that then will be responsible for the way his belly button looks. That way, if he's got an Audi, which... I, I no one wants an Audi. You those of you who are listening uh, have kids with Audis or you have an Audi. I didn't mean to make a sound, but it is kind of it's kind of like not getting your kids circumcised or you not being circumcised for that matter. And it looks like a a, a dirty, filthy the elephant trunk. This horrible, horrible. So I cut the umbilical cord, but then they go in and actually cut the cord, which is what makes the belly button. That way, if your kid has an Audi, he's not like dad. Like, did you F up when you cut the umbilical cord? You jerk off. You gave me this weird looking belly button. See, I learned that. I didn't know that. I thought I'd just cut it. And then that's, you know, the belt. But no, I cut it. They give me a thing to cut it, but it's really, they then cut it again. So, just thought he'd throw that out there. Those of you who are are new like me, and I'm kind of old to be new at this, but I am. My first marriage, uh, we didn't have a chance to have kids. She actually didn't really want kids, but it's another story for another show. All right. <laughs> So I want to talk about this awesome article that's on Breitbart. Yes, Breitbart. 
And now I know. Well, now I know. I've always known. But you really got to check this article out. And, and, and we'll, we'll go through it. To fully grasp why the media despises Breitbart. And it's not, oh, they're, they're an alt-right platform. Oh, Steve Bannon. Oh, Pepe the Front. No. It's because they put stories on their site that the media tries to bury. The media tries to bury at least 10 to 15 stories a day that actually impact your life and and counter their narratives that they try to weave every single day. And then on top of that, they call out different members of the media. And that's why they despise Breitbart. It has nothing to do with the alt-right or Pepe the Frog. I mean, for heaven's sake, half of them act like they don't know what Breitbart is. They go, this uh, Breitbart site... They all know who Andrew Breitbart was. The guy's only been dead for four or five years. They all know who Andrew Breitbart is. If any of them are part of the political sphere, okay, and that political sphere is anything worth more than the dog garbage crap from the ground, then they know who Andrew Breitbart is. David Axelrod, he knows who Andrew Breitbart was. Van Jones, he knows who Andrew Breitbart was. Chris Matthews. Anderson Cooper. And if any of these people don't know who Andrew Breitbart was, then none of them should be on television or on the radio talking about politics. Three main sites. The three main sites that kind of revolutionized Politics, as far as the internet age, were created, believe it or not, by Ariana Huffington when she was still a Republican, Andrew Breitbart, and Matt Drudge. When you wanted political news, you went to Drudge, Breitbart, or HuffPost. 
Andrew Breitbart, Matt Drudge, and Ariana Huffington were like the three amigos of conservative websites. Hell, news websites. I mean, Breitbart broke the original Andrew, or Andrew, uh, Anthony Weiner story. Matt Drudge basically broke the Monica Lewinsky story. So when you see the Matthews crew or the Brian Williams crew, when they're like this, this is Breitbart, so Breitbart. They all know who Andrew Breitbart is. But it kills them when they go to Breitbart and he calls all of them out. And I still consider Breitbart because it's still Andrew Breitbart. So it hasn't changed. So this article, titled 32 Times Establishment Media and Pollsters, assured the people of Donald Trump's defeat. So you want to know why the media despises Right. Here you go. Number one, the New York Times. Donald Trump will not be the Republican nominee. Despite all the evidence that fortune favors him, Donald Trump will not be the Republican nominee, wrote Ross Douthit. Number two, the Washington Post. Let's dispense with the notion that Trump has a real shot at winning. To borrow from one of the men trailing Trump, let's dispense with the notion that Trump has a real shot at winning November. Digital opinions editor James Downey. Number three, CNN. On the eve of CNN, on the eve of the election, CNN contributor Hillary Rosen, we all know wonderful Hillary Rosen, said tomorrow night, I think when Hillary Clinton wins, Donald Trump will have lost this election the first day he announced. Number four, Charles Krautheimer. When Bill O'Reilly asked him on election night if he would make a prediction that Hillary Clinton uh, would be the next president, Krautheimer said, If you force me, I'll take it. Number five, Comedy Central. Mr. Trump, you're not going to be president. Former uh, Colbert Report host Stephen Colbert said, and so right now, Mr. Trump, to answer your call for political honesty, I just sat to say you're not going to be president. CNBC, number six, Trump can't win. 
Writing about the first presidential debate, Politico's chief economic correspondent and his CNBC contributor said, Trump needed a breakthrough performance to turn his momentum into a real lead. Instead, he was the Donald Trump the nation came to know during the GO pre-primaries. And that Donald Trump can't win. Number seven, Donald Trump will not, cannot win the for U.S president it's time for the media to stop pretending otherwise in order to live off clickbait wrote huffpo canada contributor the la times who wins a race for both president of the united states and Supreme Court of the United States between a tough love mom and your crazy uncle. Based on historic trends and their comparative assets, my best guess is that Clinton prevails by at least 53 to 46%, perhaps even a double-digit landslide, said Mark Green. The most unpopular presidential nominee ever won't be elected president. At least not if the Democrats remember Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes admonish, uh, what the hell does that say? Abomination. The way, yeah, my computer is now crap in the bed. Hold on. Number nine, The Guardian. Trump won't win. In fact, the U.S. could be on the brink of a liberal renaissance. Trump won't win. In fact, the U.S. could be on the brink of a liberal renaissance, wrote Michael Cohen. With voters set to reject their nominee, Republicans could lose control of Congress, ushering a progressive era. Uh See what I mean, guys? Is why the media despises Breitbart. As absolutely... Nothing, I repeat, nothing to do with the alt-right, Steve Bannon, the frog, none of that. That has to do with people being put on blast, kind of like the way the kid from Hamilton When the Breitbart folks did a little research, and they pulled out all those tweets where the Hamilton guy was talking about hoes and jump off and like the person that was lecturing Mike Pence and his kid. This is why the media despises Breitbart. Because if it wasn't for them, you would only have the perspective, the narrative, the views, the news from the media. And when I mean media, CNN, MSNBC, uh, Time, Daily Beast. MSNBC, 
the list goes on and on. The list goes on and on. All right. Uh, Let's see. Karl Rove. Clock's in at number 10. Trump can't win the general election. Republicans are not going to win this next election by finding a missing magic cachet of conservative voters who have uh, been loyal, uh, who, who loyally supported us, but were turned off by those arc liberals, John McCain and Mitt Romney. Uh, well, Carl, I think you're wrong. <laughs> George Will clocks in at number 11. Donald Trump will be tempted to run. But he will be, predictably, shellacked. Huh. CNBC chief Washington correspondent John Harwood. Now remember... Remember, Harwood's the one uh, that was emailing Podesta, getting his approval about uh, the debate and going after Trump and if he did a good job. Remember, that's John Harwood. And he said, Donald Trump will not be the Republican nominee. Once we get past the first couple of states and the field consolidates, that's when Donald Trump will be vulnerable. Okay. Nate Silver. You all know Nate Silver, Mr. 538 guy. You know, he's the uh, liberals. uh, You know, I don't even know what he is anymore because before this election cycle, he was the guy. He was like the money ball of pollsters. Remember that movie Moneyball with um, Fat Jonah Hill and um, Brad Pitt? About the Oakland A's and how they put together this championship team based on on-base percentages so they could take players that weren't superstars number crunch their on base percentages and and you know RBIs versus XYZ and put together a winning team not based on superstar names and Alex Rodriguez or Derek Jeter but on B and C players who put in the right spots can produce runs. And that's what baseball is all about, producing runs. So Nate Silver is that guy. He would crunch numbers and, and uh, uh, you know, statistics and so forth and so on. And he predicted Obama's uh, win and he predicted the 2012 win against Romney. And so he was the poster child. He was the money ball of politics. Liberals loved him. They used to give him reach arounds. Well, Nate Silver, from the day Trump got into this 
primary to the primaries to uh, the election, Nate Silver was wrong. Every single prediction, he was wrong. Absolutely wrong. It was pathetic. How this guy still makes money doing what he does is beyond me. He said, I don't think that Donald Trump is very likely to win the nomination. In part because he's not really a Republican. He's very far to the right on immigration, but he also wants socialized medicine. He wants to tax the rich. There's an alternate reality in which he decided to run as a Democrat instead. He wouldn't have to change his policy positions all that much. Uh, Nate Silver at 538 was 1,000% wrong. Clocking in at number 14, everybody's favorite wig-wearing douchebag, Frank Luntz. Hillary Clinton will be the next president of the United States. On election night, as Americans are still casting their votes, Frank Luntz said, Tim Kaine's Senate seat will be open, and they will have a special election. In case I wasn't clear enough from my previous tweets, Hillary Clinton will be the next president of the United States. Okay, number 15, Real Clear Policy Senior Elections Analyst Sean Trendy. There's probably a 90% chance Trump loses at this point. Trendy declared on Twitter November 4th, so look, bearing some sort of systematic polling failure. Duh! There's probably a 90% chance Trump loses at this point. Still could be a late break. And then hours before uh, election day. For those wondering, nothing has pushed me off my presidential predictions from last week. And then somebody asked him who was going to win Florida. Trendy said, Clinton. Well, guess you're wrong. NBC analyst Mike Murphy. Now, don't forget, Mike Murphy, a butt-hurt little bitch, he was... Uh, the Jeb Bush uh, Super PAC guy. He's the guy that made something like $15 million off Jeb Bush's Super PAC. Jeb Bush's Super PAC, run by Mike Murphy, brought in about $150 million. Jeb Bush won zero primaries. Mike Murphy picked up between 10 and $15 million. And a gig... With MSNBC, where he would go on, Chris Matthews and Lawrence O'Donnell and Chris Hayes, and he would talk about how horrible Trump was, how Trump had no chance of winning, and he was going to destroy the Republican Party. Well, I guess Mike Murphy was wrong. And a day before the election, he said, Trump loses. Okay. Of course, everybody's favorite internet rag, and I mean internet rag, the Daily Beast. They, they had two wonderful articles. 
One was entitled, Why Trump Will Never Make the Ballot. And then the second was Why Trump Is Going to Lose Big. Both these articles were written by everybody's favorite Republican um, strategist, campaign chair, loser extraordinaire, Stuart Stevens. Yes, Stuart Stevens, who would go on every single show he could find and talk about Trump gonna lose. Trump is the worst. Trump is unqualified. There's not enough white people that will vote for Trump. He had the perfect campaign with Mitt Romney. They won over 65% of the white vote. They had 26% of the Latino vote. They, he would just go on and on and on. And then he would go, and Trump can't get the white vote that Romney got. He's going to have negative as far as the Latino vote. Uh, no blacks will vote for He's a, well, I guess uh, Stewart was wrong. The funny thing is the guys that actually worked campaigns that lost are the ones that are butt hurt the most. That's why when you listen to Megan McCain, this scumbag, she is so beside herself that Trump won because her daddy got killed. Her daddy got killed. The guy who, who the most qualified, the war vet, all of it lost to the freshman senator. The black freshman senator with the Muslim middle name. So here's Stuart Stevens. They got hammered. Mitt Romney got destroyed. And quote, Stevens said, his candidacy is aimed at an electorate that no longer exists. He is a classic example of losing five bucks on every sale and trying to make it up in volume. Yeah, well, sorry, uh, Stevens. Wrong again. You got hammered when you were the campaign manager and strategist for Mitt Romney, and then you got hammered when you were a pundit. This is my favorite Epic fail. Number 18, BuzzFeed by McKay Coppins. That's the guy that looks like Truman Capote, those of you who don't know. McKay Coppins. Just imagine Truman Capote. That's this guy, McKay. And he's hilarious. He's hilarious. Because for 16 months, all he would do would go on MSNBC and trash Trump. He's a joke. He's never going to win. And he wrote, but now Trump finds himself battling not just campaign rivals, but a label he has spent his entire life fiercely resisting. 
even as he hurls it at his most disdained enemies. Loser. Yeah, well, listen, Truman. I think the loser we're talking about is you. Bloomberg, number 19. Seriously, Trump won't win. Jonathan Bernstein wrote, In short, everything we know about how presidential nominations work says Trump isn't going to be the nominee or even come close. This one's pretty good. Forbes at number 20. Donald Trump's threats of trade wars and hollow claims to bring American manufacturing jobs have not stuck a chord with many Wisconsin voters because they do not reflect the state's economic situation. Noah Williams wrote, okay, well, guess what, Noah? Your professorship of economics at the University of Wisconsin um, seems kind of useless. Seems kind of useless because you don't know what your own people, like you're a college professor. And you were pretty sure Wisconsin voters, well, they don't have anything in common with the state's economic situation. And it just shows that the college professors, and not just in Wisconsin, but across the United States, are pretty out of touch with what real, everyday Americans go through, want, need, strive for. Noah Williams only knows what's relevant or want in the college bubble. Twenty one, the national memo. Five reasons Trump won't win in November and one way he could. Here are five reasons why Donald Trump won't be the next president of the United States. And to combat compliance and additional pitch on why you should still be working your ass off to feed him. Number 22, the New York Daily News. Stephen Bannon hired shows Donald Trump's campaign plans on losing in the most destructive way possible. Oh, Adam Edelman wrote, but the shakeup last week, some experts say, was actually to seal his fate. A huge November loss by bringing in flashy advisors who will just let him be himself and let his circus tent crash and burn. Hmm. I guess Adam Edelman was wrong. See what I'm saying, guys? This is why the media hates Andrew Breitbart and Breitbart. This is why they act like, what, Bright? Oh, yeah, the alt-right uh, uh, Pepe the Fraud. No. Because who wants to relive this humiliation? If you're Adam Edelman, okay, or you're 
Stuart Stevens or your Bloomberg's Jonathan Bernstein. And you are the quintessential booger eater fart sniffer. The sword is not as mighty as the pen. And you're there being the keyboard warrior that you are. Telling everybody the way the election's going to go. And you were not just wrong, but you were unbelievably wrong, like embarrassingly wrong. Like when you're Adam Edelman and you're talking about a strategy for bringing on Bannon. And the strategy is to, to, to lose big and go down in a crash and burn. I mean, you lost big. It's not just, I think Hillary will win. Oh, she lost. Ah, but when you're actually uh, trying to come up with strategies of why Trump or his campaign did something and then tying that into his huge loss. And you're completely wrong, and it's reprinted on a website that gets millions and millions and millions and millions of hits every day, every week, every month. You're going to despise the website. You're going to tell everybody the website's full of racist, Nazi, Pepe the Frog-loving assholes. The nation at 23. Relax. Donald Trump can't win. John Wiener said, even before you get to his campaign incompetence and lackluster fundraising, the numbers just aren't on his side. Everybody's other favorite hipster rag slate Donald Trump isn't going to be president. And that's from Jamal Bowie. He'd have to win in unprecedented shares of the very kinds of voters who hate him. Blacks, Latinos, and women. Donald Trump has become a radically different person to win. He would have to become a radically different person to win. Donald Trump isn't going to win. Well, blacks voted for him, Latinos voted for him, and women voted for him. Jamal Bowie, guess what? You are unbelievably wrong. Why are you Slate's chief political correspondent? What does that mean? You're an incompetent jack-off? Salon. At 25, you won't have to move to Canada. Trump is more likely to lose in a historic route than he is to win the White House wrote Anthony J. Coggan. The bottom line is Republican leaders with an eye on the future don't want anything to do with Trump. They know the name Trump will likely join Goldwater, McGovern, and Mondale as names forever associated with crushing presidential election defeats. See what I'm saying, guys? Again, if you're part of this list, 
Is there any reason for you to not call Breitbart.com a racist, Nazi, alt-right, black-hating, Mexican-despising, women-bashing, neo-Nazi website? If you're Jamal Bowie, or you're Anthony J. Huggins, do you want to see your words in print, and, and and not just any words, but words that make you look beyond incompetent. Exactly. The New Republic. Donald Trump will be buried in an electoral avalanche. Recent presidential elections have been close, but this is the man to lose bigly. The New Republic senior editor, Jet Heer, is using Trump's word, bigly, because he thinks he's cute. He's like, ha, 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 Trump's going to lose bigly. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, hey, Jet here. don't you feel like a fucking retard? But with Donald Trump at the helm, the Republican Party faces the prospect of historic landslide closer to the creamings received by Barry Goldwater. Georgia McGovern, and Walter Mondale. The only real question appears to be how huge or beautiful, pick your Trumpian adjective, the margin will be. Wow, Jeet here. Jeet, you were beyond wrong. You Look like a just words can't describe how 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 horrible you look when you're using Trump's catchphrases. Number twenty-seven, our favorite hipster beyond hipster douchebags, Ezra Klein. Okay, here's Vox. Trump could just not win. He could lose to Iowa caucuses. He could fall short in New Hampshire. A loss in any early state might lead to a loss in every state. Losing a presidential primary is often like going bankrupt. It happens slowly. Then, all at once. But this is what I think will happen to Trump. He will lead until he doesn't. His fall will be quick. And it won't obey the apparent rules of his rise. There's a reason for it. It will fundamentally be people get more pragmatic the closer they get to an actual vote. As much as Republicans tell pollsters they think Trump can win the general election, I'm skeptical they will truly believe that come election day. Well, Ezra, I guess you were wrong. Number 28, Jezebel. Donald Trump is not going to win. Chill, America. Donald Trump is not going to win. Jezebel editor, Joanna Rothkopf. Number 29. U.S. News and World Report. Why Trump will lose. Americans' political institutions. 
from the parties to the Electoral College are designed to prevent the successful capture of them by both dictators and mobs, wrote George Washington University Program Director of the Political Management Program, Laura Brown. As such, brute force won't work since Donald Trump knows little else his candidacy won't succeed. Think about this, you guys. This Laura Brown is the George Washington University Program Director of Political Management. She shouldn't be so wrong. She works for college. She's like a bigwig at a bigwig school. And she was wrong. Like, bigly wrong. Number 30, Fortune. Mike Pence is better than Newt, but won't win Trump the presidency. Donald Brand wrote, Pence is not going to win the election for Donald Trump, but he will greatly assist Trump if Trump can beat Clinton in November. 31, The Week. From where Trump sits, having his presidential campaign consist of little more than mounting rallies, phoning in to Fox and Friends and Morning Joe, and thinking up Twitter burns to fire at any and all who displease him might seem like a winning strategy. Paul Waldman wrote, After all, that's all it took to win the nomination, but a general election which plays out all at once and not in one state at a time, and which requires an exceptionally more complex organization to execute as a whole other matter. Perhaps Trump thinks it's just too much to bother, and he could just keep winging it. But he may be in for a real unpleasant surprise. Really, Paul, unpleasant surprises for you. You are wrong. Number 32, the Sydney Morning Herald. Donald Trump will not win the U.S. election. Worse still, he'll be a sore loser. A sore loser? Like, you mean Democrats? You mean Democrats? Hillary Clinton? You mean the media? Them, right? Those sore losers. On Wednesday, Americans will awake from a nightmare. Donald Trump will not be their president. Sydney Morning Herald Chief Foreign Correspondent Paul McGoog. In defeat, Trump will have much to get even about. Losing spectacularly before the eyes of the nation and the world will be a severe psychological blow, probably prompting a wounded animal. Or a cunning rat response. Or a mix of the two. The fall from would-be leader of the Western world to a feather duster will take a considerable adjustment. Hmm. All right, Paul. Um, sore loser uh, is the Democrats. Sore loser are the liberals. Sore loser is the media. Sorry. 
sorry, the media, the Clinton crew, they're the sore losers. So, the great article, I suggest all of you to check it out. I'm actually uh, going to cut and paste. And let's not forget uh, the ultimate, the ultimate uh, wrong, the ultimate faux pas, the ultimate failure is Newsweek. Because the cover said Madam President with a picture of Hillary Clinton. It was the special commemorative edition. And it said, Hillary Clinton's historic journey to the White House. Why does the media pretend they don't know what Breitbart is? Why, when they finally go, oh yeah, Breitbart, it's an alt-right site, it's a Nazi site. It's a Tila Tequila site because Breitbart calls the media out. Breitbart stories up that the media tries to bury. That's why. It has nothing to do with any of the crap that they tell you. Absolutely nothing. And when they pretend they don't know who Andrew Breitbart is, just remember this list. And all of these people, rather it's Ezra Klein, the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, Charles Krautheimer, just remember all of these people were the experts. All of these people were the geniuses, and every single one of them were not just a little wrong. We're not just, oh, I think uh, uh, the Seattle Seahawks will beat the Patriots. No. They were beyond a football prediction. And that's, and that's, why they hate Breitbart. It's Rob Zaccari. It's Rob Zaccari Show. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about um, the damned if you do, damned if you don't. Kind of funny and sums up everything about uh, the Trump uh, soon-to-be presidency. The damned if you do. Damned if you don't. Be right back. Don't go away. All right? Don't go away. I know that I can call up the man, can call up 
Because prior to the hiring of Nikki Haley and Betsy DeVos, all Trump has done was hire old white guys. Now, you sit there and go, me, how many, like, how many, are we talking 10, 20, 30 foot? We're talking about four people. We're talking about four people. Seriously, we're, we're literally talking about four people. And I thought you're supposed to get a job based on if you're the best at the job, not because you fill a required gender role or religious role or race role, because that's what we're talking about here. Oh, all Trump has done was hire four old white guys.
Where's the women? Where's the blacks? Where's the gays? Where's the Hispanics? It's just four. I mean, four. That's what we're talking about. Remember, guys, his chief staff and his advisor. So you got previous, let's not forget, Obama's chief of staff in 08 was Rahm Emanuel. So, okay. You got old white guy, old white guy. And really not old, but Priebus and Bennett. Then, Flynn, and I even consider Priebus and Bannon real picks per se. I mean, Bannon's an advisor and Priebus is a chief of staff. Then you got Flynn. Pompao, or Papio, and Sessions. So Sessions wasn't a good pick because he wasn't black? Is that the case of Sessions? He was black because Obama? Liberals don't like Flynn because he didn't get along with Obama? Because he was telling the Obama administration that ICE was a real threat. ICE wasn't JV team. Again, four people. Really, three. If you take Bannon and and Priest out, about three people. This. Oh, old white dudes. Old, well, again. Pompeo, Pompeo, how you say it, Mike there, not really old. Uh, and I don't think Priebe is old. Four people. Three. If you take out Benin and Priebe. Three. Oh, old white it's all old white guys. White guys. Old what? And now Trump hired Nick Haley. Shot down pretty quick. Hey, literally. The guy just started to fill positions. racist. Oh, look, just a bunch of old white dudes. Oh, but well, guys, get, uh, just, there's a lot of positions to fill. I said, man, this is what we become. It doesn't matter the qualifications. It, it, it doesn't matter if you're good at what you do. It doesn't matter if you're competent. Matters if you're black. Matters if you're woman. Matters if you're gay. 
somehow the liberals, the media, Democrats, progressives, they've created this environment where the qualifications and competency are set. The first is, are you black? Are you a woman? Are you gay? That's first. That's first. And then it's, are they smart? Are they competent? Can they do the job? That's scary, man. I mean, it really is. It's frightening. If you don't think it's frightening... We're doomed. Filling out positions is now all about race, color, religion, and then if they're able to do the job properly. That's where we've become. Our country's this for a minute. So you're going to operate in someone's brain. Okay? You, you, your child needs brain surgery. Life life saving brain surgery. It's just it's, let's, let's pretend that. You want the best, right? You want the best. You don't care if they're black. You don't care if they're gay, you don't care if they're a woman, you don't care if they're old, you don't care if they're white, you don't care if they're Hispanic, you want the best. Imagine a reality where you have brain surgeons, okay? And somebody says, hey, we need a brain surgeon, we need the best brain surgeon, but whoa, 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 whoa. You have to pick out of pool of black women. What? Well, we need the best brain surgeon, but you can only pick out of a pool that black and a woman. Well, uh, sir, if you narrow it down to that, we have these uh, three people. Okay. But if you let us just pick the best, that pool opens up to these 60 people. Well... I'm only looking for the best if they're black and they're woman. So, out of this group that you gave me, who's the best out of them? Uh, well, I guess, sir, it really doesn't matter because those three that are black and a woman aren't necessarily 
as good as the 30 out of the 60 that are over here. They're better than 30 of them, but the other 30, they're not better. And if you're only going to go with these three, then it really doesn't matter out of those three because they're pretty equal in mediocrity. I mean, I, I, you would reject that. You would reject that in a heartbeat. You would say, listen, I want the best. Who's the best? That old white dude? All right, give me him. Of course, common sense, anybody would say uh, 100%. So why are we doing the opposite in politics? Why are we sitting there going, well, for the attorney general, we need uh, somebody that's black and preferably a woman. Why? Well, because we want diversity. Yeah, but don't we want the best? Yeah, but we want diversity. So you have to have diversity and get the best out of the diversity. But what if pursuing diversity, you're not getting the best? Well, we we, we don't even want to think about that. (laughs) But you got to think about that. If you're sitting there saying, I can't pick Jeff Sessions or I can't pick Oh, God, Um, Humberto Gonzalez, or I can't pick John Ashcroft. If I can't pick them three because they're not black and they're not a woman, then you're not letting me pick the best. Two women today. And if you look at the group as a whole, You have now Bannon, Priebus, Flynn, Pompeo, Sessions. So you got five, and now you got Haley, DeVos, and Carson. So you almost, you almost on... Eight picks have a 50-50 balance of diversity. But yet, Trump still can't win because he's still a racist. He's still a Nazi. He's still a misogynist. Even though, even though, He's at close to 40% of his cabinet being that of diversity. Close to 40%. So you have five white guys and then three women black, and an Indian. Five to three. If you go three for five in baseball, you're like a superstar.
But Trump, no, no, not good enough. Not good enough. So I said, you, you, you can't, you can't win. You, you, you can't. He is now in a situation where no matter what he does, he's going to be wrong. Case in point, the whole not going after Hillary Clinton, not putting a special prosecutor against her, that is now met with people on the left saying Trump is already letting down his supporters by going against a campaign promise, even though, even though it was never promised. It was a tongue-in-cheek, back-and-forth, during a debate, and when it was done, there was outrage from the left and the right. Outrage. This is the type of thing you see in a communist country. This is the type of thing you see in a banana republic, jailing your Political opponents, this is horrible. This is this can't happen. I mean, you literally had people on the right saying, ah, man, that, you know, maybe he did go a little over the line. Maybe, you know, ooh, you, you know, you don't want to talk about jailing your political opponents. That's like some, some Venezuela, <laughs> Bulgaria. Yugoslavia type stuff, you know. You know it's, uh, I mean, there was serious, serious backlash, even though Trump was never serious. Like, he was never serious. It was a whole, oh, if I was, you'd be in prison, or you would be under, you know, it, it was, they were shots. It was, but, but, okay. He was serious. Fine. He was serious. He was deadly serious. There was such a backlash from people talking about this being complete dictatorship and this being outrageous and you you can't do this and this is horrible and oh my God, what kind of country do we live in? We're a... a, 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 a you know, a political opponent says, I'm going to put you in prison if I win. And I'll, I mean, there was serious, serious backlash from both sides. So Trump says, ah, you know what? I don't want, I don't want to hurt them. I don't want to, you know, lock her up. Let's just move on. Let's just run the... Oh, my God. Now you got everyone on the left. Oh, he's letting down his voters. He's, whoa, wait, wait a minute. Weren't you guys the ones saying that Trump 
should not be saying these things because it's that of a dictator and what kind of country do we live in? But And now the left is saying, no, 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 you're reneging on your promise. You need to lock her up. No, no, no. no. <laughs> like I said, he, he, he can't win. This is going to be one of those presidencies where he can't win. He, he can't win. And then you got some people on the right going, hey, you said you promised. You Oh, guys, we please. And also Trump talked about building a wall and putting a big, great, big, great, big door in the middle of the wall and putting his name on top of the wall. Did you really think he was serious? Legit. Did you really think he was serious? I mean, if you... Listen, if you really thought he was serious, then you're as stupid as people on the left say you are. Legit, man. Legit. I mean, seriously, if you really, if if you believed when Trump, listen, if you really sat there and and believed or, 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 or said, yeah, I'm going to feel that way when Trump would go, we're going to win so much, you're going to get sick of winning. And then you're going to call me up and say, no, Mr. President, we can't win anymore. You, you really, like, you're honestly saying that you believe that? Like, and, and this isn't like lying. This isn't somebody that's lying to you, but it, it's it's like, hyperbolic it's 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 like when somebody makes a movie and it's based on a true story and then you find out some of the stuff didn't happen the way it happened in the movie but the things are done in the movie to make it like seem more impactful and more dramatic and more theatrical. I mean, it's the same thing. Like, you really believe that at some point Trump would give out his phone number and Americans could then call him up and go, uh, Mr. President, I just want to tell you that I am so sick of winning right now. Like, I am just, please, let's not win anymore. Okay? Thank you. Goodbye. Like, you really thought that? Matter of fact, you really thought that you would feel that way? Like, at some point, you would be like, oh, no, there's so many good things happening right now. I don't want any more good things. I mean, it was, it was, Jesus Christ. I, 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 it's like, I'm from New York, and, and I get that language and and I get the the hyperbolic I I get that it, it, it's it, it's just it's it's a way to communicate it's a it's a way to connect with people when bill clinton would put his hand on someone's shoulder and they would be telling him his story about you know their their brother who you know was I don't know, maybe killed by cops and 
Then they were homeless and they walked 10 miles with no shoes. And then all of these things. And Bill Clinton would put his hand on their shoulder and go, I feel your pain. I, you really think that he understands what it's like to be strung up by a tree because you're black? I mean, really? No. It's a way to connect. So when Trump is saying, we're going to make a, a big, beautiful door. It's 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 just hyper talk. It's you know yeah we're gonna we're gonna build a wall. We're gonna man let me tell you so we're gonna build this wall and it's gonna be so awesome. It's we're gonna it's gonna be a big beautiful gold door. Yeah woo! It's it's you know. I mean, if you really believe that, you're as stupid as the left thinks you are. And if you're on the left and you're going, you said you were going to lock Hillary Clinton up. Why aren't you locking Hillary Clinton up? You're letting your voters down. Really? Really? You're you're being serious. Weren't you guys the one for a week and a half said this was like that point in a political campaign where that line was crossed? And if it wasn't grabbing by the pussy, if it wasn't John McCain isn't a war hero. If it wasn't these things, it was the lock her up. I'm going to put my political opponent in jail. I mean, this was the moment that everybody said Trump went too far with. And now all those same people are saying, you're not going to fulfill your campaign promise. Why aren't you going to do it? You you said you're going to lock her. Get out of here. Of course, he's not going to do that. That'd be extremely fascist. That'd be extremely Nazi-like. Of course, that would be a banana republic, you stupid mother effers. People were chanting it because it's it was the Trump's rallies are fun, they're exciting. Hillary Clinton's rallies, people are asleep. Hillary Clinton had to bring up Beyonce and and Jay Z to come to the rallies. Trump didn't, Trump could fire up the crowd. What are you telling me? It, it wasn't part of the, the show? It wasn't a con? But it was making people feel good. We're going to build the wall, and who's going to pay for it? And then you pause, and the crowd would go, Mexico! It was like wrestling. What do you think? People at wrestling shows believe it's real? Yeah, maybe there's four or five stupid, dolty people. They're like, no, it's real. The majority of them, not even majority, 99.9% of the people that go to professional wrestling know it's fake. When they're chanting for Dwayne The Rock Johnson, they're, it's, it's fake. They know what's going on. They're chanting slogans and getting involved. It's part of the show. 
So when Trump supporters are like, lock her up, lock her up, they're not going home going, man, when, when I pull that lever for, for Donald Trump, if he doesn't lock Hillary Clinton up in jail, that's it. I'm done. I'm never going to vote for him again. Please stop it. It's the Donald Trump presidential campaign. (laughs) Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Now imagine right now what would be going on if Trump was talking about a special prosecutor to go after Hillary Clinton. Imagine that. There would be so much outrage right now you couldn't imagine what would be going on so instead there's outrage because Trump said eh let's just move forward she's done it's over with she's probably going to die in a in a year or two that's probably what Obama told him when they had their hour and a half meeting, he probably said, listen, 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 Donald, forget the whole prosecutor thing. She's going to die. Okay? Everything you guys said was right. Her health is horrible. She she collapses all the time. She's going to die. Okay? So just, just let it go. Trust me. She's going to be dead before you're done with your first term. And Trump was like, really? And Obama went, yeah, bigly. And he went, okay. So please. All the people that are now outraged because he's like, eh, let's just move on. Are the same people that were outraged because Trump was like, oh, lock her up. Can't win. All the people that were like, oh, my God, he's picking all these old white guys. Now he's got two women and a black guy, and everybody's like, oh, um, well, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. There's got to be more diversity. He's only met with 13 non-white individuals. And that's not, that, 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 he's got to meet more. Oh, Jesus. Really? (laughs) Really? Really? And Senator Cruz is the only Trump visitor of Hispanic descent. He needs to meet with more Hispanics. Oh, God. Stop. Oh, it's Rob Zakari show. Listen to me. We're out of here, you guys. Yeah, you are the best. You are the, the, just the greatest audience in the world. I know you're late today. But as you know, things happen, especially with my child. And that's the most important thing to me. All right, listen. We'll see you guys Friday. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving. We're off. Uh, I know it seems like we've been off for a week and a half, but it is what it is. Um, We'll be back Friday, so be here Friday. (sighs) Have a good Thanksgiving. Be good. Be safe. And uh, stay healthy. And don't go drink driving or anything like that. See you then. Talk to you guys later. You're the best. Thank you for being here. Goodbye.